great to be here and uh, it's great to see you, Hope Church. And uh, it's a privilege to know about you for years. And thank you for sending Ian and the rest of guys to support uh, our ministry in Ukraine in, in a such a needed yeah. moments. And thank you very much for your generosity. Thank you very much for prayers. Prayers makes difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just words. We know how it works. Thank you very much. And yeah, actually since 2014 uh, and before for nearly 20 years, I used to lead a local church, based church. We've been planting churches around since 2008. I started to lead a family of churches, which is part of New Frontiers. And finally, two years, three years ago, we've got a name. We call Nations, because it's our heart for, for the nations. So 2014, yeah. yeah. Uh, 2014 war has started in the east of Ukraine, for the most of people, it, it wasn't a war, it was just local conflict. But for us, who based there, it was a uh, life-changing moment, I can say. Because uh, it, it, since the beginning, we thought it will be just for show, but after a few months, we started to feel that we need to see God. And uh, we had a five days of prayer and fasting, just with one question. Uh, God, what you, how you are going to lead us? And th that moment we've got a prophetic word that did, uh, this conflict will last for long, much longer than we expected. And many of those who left will never come back. So this is a missional opportunity. So since beginning we embrace it wow. as a something which God is going to use for, for extending his kingdom. Wow. Not initiated by God, we know nothing evil comes from Him, but He can use it. He's, he can use it for, for good. So we are living since 2014 with, with this feeling, and we have moved from the east of Ukraine because I was responsible for our churches, um, and we, we've been traveling. And in that time, God, gave, God opened uh, the door for us to send missionaries to India, started to plant churches in uh, Ukraine, other parts of Ukraine, and to start plant churches in uh, Europe with the refugees, actually. So this is 2014 and our <laughs> journey after. Wow. So you, you had to move once from one side of the country to the other? Uh, yes. Um, Natasha and I, we have three boys, now it's 18, it's just turned 18, 15 and 9. So when war started, our youngest was, I think, six, uh, six weeks and we had to travel. One of our leaders been killed, he was leading a church in Mariupol. So we, we spent nearly one year just to live there, to help church to go through, to form a new authorship team. And then we moved to Kiev because uh, we felt that our goal is to help to shape teams for planting churches, not only in Ukraine, but also uh, outside of Ukraine. So airport was really important. So we chose a place, new place, little village outside of Kiev, close to airport, and we started to. So it was our big move. Yeah. And then all broke out across the whole country. and. Yeah, I'm joking with such a prayer, but we chose the wrong place, two kilometers from the military airport, 
Nostromil. <laughs> so when everything started is 20, uh, 24th, yes, thank you. You remember it? Yeah. Yeah, I understand. So our middle son was recording first fight, first fighting when Russian helicopters came just to destroy the military uh, airport. So it was a start, and the next day actually uh, our village was wasn't occupied, but heavy fighting was going on in two ways out of village. So we've been blocked. The bridge was destroyed, and it was a. You know, such moments, I'm so thankful God that He speaks. We can hear the voice of Holy Spirit. So early morning, I just felt God is saying, I'm giving you a window of opportunity. You need to move right now. So I, I make a call. I made a call and three uh, small cars full of people. It's not English by a way of five. <laughs> I don't want to tempt you, but it was much more people and we couldn't, actually we couldn't drive because of fightings, uh, destroyed bridge, other place, uh, uh, other out of uh, village was uh, heavy fightings, but we felt that is showing us a way through the forest. All local people said it's stupid idea, it's crazy idea, it's wet sand, it's spring, it's the snow is melted, so it's... But we felt God is leading us, and actually under, uh, under the maybe five, seven centimeters of uh, uh, melt snow, it was the ice, so we could drive. And uh, we just, when we left village and came to the main road, the fighting just finished. It was a smoke, so we could go through, and I'm so... You know, this God's presence and God's guidance so dear, our faith just yeah. grew up through this wow. experience. Wow. And we went to Poland, um, but before, but before we established our work, we have great team and Ian and other guys met our guys who's doing was doing evacuation, food distribution, so we established and probably one month or six weeks later we moved to Poland because we have heart for refugees outside of Ukraine to care for them as well. And we started to do this work and church planted out of it, but a bit later. And that all sort of happened quite quickly, didn't it, in that time? And um, we often talk about New Frontiers and being a family of churches and stuff. How did you really see that in action and work across that time? You know, family, the most obvious in the most needed moments. Yeah, like, like in a family with the growing up kids, they don't need parents, they don't, don't need each other till the moment. Mm -hmm. So uh, we are part of New Frontiers, but because we have family of churches working together, a self, uh, self-supported, so of course, a lot of connections, but we never felt such close uh, relationships. So immediately we started to get a lot of phone calls, emails with their, with their words of encouragement, just asking how we can pray for you. And also New Frontiers Worldwide took offers, huge, huge money came to the central uh, 
account and uh, started to be released for, uh, for our ministry in, in Ukraine, mostly in Ukraine. And I can say all ways of supporting hugely important. Um, uh, it's, it was very interesting experience since beginning. We've been working 24 7. Uh, we, we helped to be evacuated thousands of people because I'm not talking about myself. Teams, teams, great people. Most of them from the east of Ukraine, from Mariupol. We moved them to the western part and since beginning started to ministry. And uh, I realized after a while that our prayer life has been changed dramatically. I, I, I didn't pray as much as before, but we, we did so a lot of work. And I asked my friend, Devdevinish, I said, how you can explain in such a dark and pressure moment, we are not praying as before. He said, no, it's very biblical. When you're fighting, like Joshua, you can't be praying at the same time, Moses. He was praying, but Joshua was fighting. When you're doing this work, all new frontiers are praying wow. for you. For this wow. reason, you can continue wow. and you'll yeah. see, Victor, I have learned this. So thank you very much for your prayers. Wow. That's amazing. Thank and you. during this time, you'll see this sort of spread across, the, the, not just the continent, but across the globe. And how is that sort yeah. of affecting in terms of church planting? The yeah. sort of reach is growing by the week, isn't it? Yes, uh, millions of Ukrainians, mostly women with kids, left Ukraine. It's different numbers actually, from eight to nine millions people, and it's it's changing because people are moving, and uh, because we, we felt God is going to use it for the kingdom extension, for planting new churches, since. Arriving to Krakow, we started to think of where we should plan, but then I just felt, no, it's it's wrong question. We, start, we need to start with the caring for people. Just loving, caring, visiting, supporting, helping to be to find a place to settle, and out of this, in the places with, where, where God wants us to plant, we'll see opportunities. So we slow down, we slow down, and just started to care. And, uh, and slowly we started to see the new church plants opportunities just open up. And we started to plant churches in Poland, Germany. Uh, it's mostly because Poland had received the most of people. But also um, it's Hungary, uh, Czech Republic. Uh, now we are in the process of planting new churches, starting planting new church in Berlin. And I was in touch with Pete. So after this Sunday, I will make him a call and just to say, well done, good, yeah. good video. Yeah. And I believe in partnership. Yeah. So, um, but uh, I can say hundreds of churches generally been planted already. I'm not talking about our family of churches, yeah. but with the Ukrainians, I know yeah. just hundreds, especially Poland, and uh, less in Germany, but even Italy, um, um, Spain, all around, all around. It. And my friend went to America now to plant new uh, church in Detroit because a lot of Ukrainians there in Canada. So God is using it for for initiating new church plants, and I think this is incredible mission opportunities. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
question in terms of uh, living in the UK currently. Um, how are you and the family settling in? Always uh, doing well. Yeah, it's nice to get this other question one year later. <laughs> All last year, we arrived four days before the school year starts. We had no idea how it will work. And for youngest, the youngest was crying till January, every night. Every night. So, uh, middle son, uh, he's, he's six, 15 now. He's proper teenager. <laughs> His proper teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Some people can understand me. Yeah. <laughs> and he was asking the same question when we'll back home. Every day, twice, three times. I don't want to be here. I don't want to study here. I don't want to have any friends. Nothing with UK. It's nothing wrong with UK. UK is beautiful. It's it's great nation. But, but we... We just felt our heart is, and all this song, his English was the most, and uh, he's very disciplined. He just accept this reality. But year later, praise God, we are much more better position. We see, I'm released to travel because we uh, we got the challenges with the. Uh, uh, visas in uh, Poland, we can stay, we can work, we can study, but I can't travel. Now in UK with the residence permit, I'm, I'm free and very flexible to fly, to, to do the, the work God is uh, calling me to do. So Natasha is learning English as well, and she is running our team back to Kyiv. Uh, we have uh, our school, Christian school. So she's responsible for the team, for the online lessons, and uh, so she's very busy. I can say we are in a very good position. We found a house, a good house with a little English garden. We are cutting grass. Like English people. And really enjoying this summer. I know English people are complaining, but they say you're so lucky to have such a summer <laughs> with a great combination rain and sun yes. in one day yes. <laughs> just enjoy I just want to pray for you and yes, for you this morning so Jesus we thank you for this man we thank you for all you've put on his heart Lord and we thank you for all you've put on his heart for this morning just pray bless him uh, just enable him to speak uh, with power and with your strength. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. So, lessons from Philip. I'm going to share from uh, Acts chapter 8. And actually, can uh, in a while, can I ask you to read that? I'll check the time. Do you have. Uh, I'll just check. Okay. Okay, probably I won't read the whole chapter because it's four or five minutes. But we, we, we will uh, we'll read bits by bits and we'll think uh, before reading, before starting. Uh, when Luke was writing this book, it's not like day by day after finishing the day he was making notes. After a while, actually, he met Paul, he, he, met, he met some apostles, and he studied the history of development, the early church from Jerusalem and 
and uh, in, in different nations. So he, he, when he was writing this book, he had a plan. I, I believe Holy Spirit was leading him. And in, in, in the introduction for this book, he wrote to Fairfield, this, his friend, and in the beginning, he explained why he is writing, what is the purpose. In the first few verses, 1.8, it's clear about uh, what this book about. So Jesus said, Jesus gathered uh, his disciples and he said, do not leave Jerusalem because they will be amazed Jesus was risen from the death. He, he is ruling. They, they, they had a joy. They've been excited. And they've been ready to go and preach a gospel. He said, no, please wait till you get the Holy Spirit. And then when you get the Holy Spirit, when Holy Spirit come, you'll get the power. And then you'll start to preach a gospel to be, be, to be my witnesses in Jerusalem called Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Actually, this introduction, it's all about the book. The book describes how the faithful disciples been preaching the gospel, breaking through from Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria, to the Gentiles' world, and to the ends of the earth. And very interestingly, the book is not finishes as classically. It's no the proper end, it's not greetings, it's just chapter 28, Paul is in Rome sharing the gospel with the Jewish people and amongst Romans as well, and it's it, nothing. And many, people, many commentaries said the reason for this unfinished book is that the book of Acts is still it still continues. We are part of this big story. So I really believe that the vision for the local church, it's not, not something we need to develop, we need to create. Actually, it started from 1-8, you'll be my witnesses, because God has a plan. Vision for the local church, not something we need to develop. We need to... to to guess, but vision of the local church, it's answer for the question, how we are going to be part of what God is doing all around the world. God is not passive. Mission, it's not our mission, it's his mission. He is doing his work. He has plan. He is moving all around the nations. God's spirit never stopped moving. I really believe. For, for, for a while, when I, when, when I did study th theology, uh, some books of church history says, like, uh, centuries of nothing or dark centuries, God did nothing. I don't believe. I think this is quite heretical ideas. The Spirit of God never stopped moving. Quite often we can't see it because we are very focused on our local, local place, our, our town, our city, our nation. 
And there are seasons in different nations. There are seasons of spring, there are seasons of winter. During the winter, nations becoming close to the gospel, not many people becoming Christians, not many churches planted. For this reason, quite often we think, oh, nothing happening. No, 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 no. In the same time, in other nations, God is on a move. And there is a harvest season in some nations right now, and, and we need to have a bit more global picture of what God is doing all around the world. In the same time, in, and, and sometimes in, in, in the two places, like two villages, with the crosses between, with the road between. In one village, nothing is happening. In other village, revival. So we need to look and we need to see bigger picture. So this book is about how faithful disciples with the power of Holy Spirit breaking through, and especially Samaria. It, so, chapter 8. When we, when we will read this chapter... Um, I, I would love to ask you to think about the Philip's mindset because we are acting out of mindset. The thoughts, our worldview, our philosophy of life shaped our words and our actions how, and our reaction, how we react when something happened in our life. So Philip is unique. Philip is a refugee. Okay, let's let's read. And I'm going to I hope I hope yes, okay, yeah, I see. We have some notes on the screen and I hope we'll cover the three lessons. If not, no problem. There are much more, much more in this chapter, so I really recommend read it. Read it, just three, four minutes. When you're drinking coffee in the morning, read through and you'll be blessed differently. Doesn't matter how much we'll go uh, today. Okay, uh, Philip's mindset, uh, which, which alone in him, first, seeing the challenge as an opportunity. This is first lesson we'll, we'll, we'll learn from this little uh, piece of the chapter. Verses 1 to 5, and Saul approved of their killing him. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him, but Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off uh, both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. I love the John Stott commentary on these verses. He wrote, Those who were scattered preached the gospel. This does not mean that they all became professional preachers or missionaries. The Greek expression used here means that they simply shared the good news. For me, chapter 8, this is huge compliment to the church in Jerusalem. Since 2014, I've seen so many people who had to leave their places. Uh, most of our churches originally are from the east of Ukraine, so when, first, when the war first started, 
2014, some of our churches became on uh, occupied territory. Under the huge pressure, many people left. When two years ago the war started again, or escalation happened, the rest of our churches been occupied. Mariupol, we had three churches in Mariupol, base churches, and work around, all people left. And I saw literally hundreds of churches, or people from hundreds of churches spread it out. And not everyone thinks the same and uh, react the same. The foundation is critically important. In some churches, people, especially in our context, in Ukrainian uh, context, some charismatic churches believe in uh, or preach in the gospel of prosperity, which means if you believe in God, if you belong to him, you'll never suffer. God so loves you that he won't avoid, uh, allow any hardships come to your life. With this such a mindset, when war happened, many people said, I don't want to believe to God, which allows me to suffer. And many people just left church and never come back. I, I, I've met such a people. And now more, many of them are in the process of restoration, rethinking about the God, who God is. Because our belief in God can change his nature. He is God. We can, we can learn about him. We, we can know him, but we can't change. We can't manipulate. We can't say what God can do or can't do. But foundation is critically important. So when Stephen uh, and, and many others left, left homes, you know, mission because of the persecution and mission by chose are feels differently. When, when we had to leave our, our home, we had five minutes to pack our stuff because we spent a night in a stronger house. Because our house is very modern, it's nice, but you can cut the walls with a knife. So we felt it's not safe when fighting is going on. But our friends had an older house with a great basement, and probably 25, 30 people spent whole night there. Someone was praying, some was, was sleeping, but when the morning starts and we felt God is giving us this world uh, window of opportunity, we visited our home for five minutes, rushly, just packed everything, and I evacuated coffee machine. It, because it's not planned, it's very spontaneous, I'm thinking, okay, what I need to survive? <laughs> coffee machine, of course. <laughs> I took some documents and coffee machine. <laughs> Done. My wife evacuated bronze horse. But I don't know how it happened because we've been driving our two cars. Three days later, because to cover 500 kilometers took three days for us, queue a lot of cars, she said, I started to feel uncomfortable. Something here in my pocket was... And she realized it was a bronze horse with chariot in a, in a pocket. I don't know why, but she evacuated bronze, and it stays now in Bedford, in our house. When you are not planning, you are very spontaneous. You are, you are some, one lady, I know one lady, she took five 
special beautiful dresses for these special events with the, you know, this. And she said, it's strange, I didn't take any slippers, but five beautiful dresses for what? What's, when you are in a rush and quite panic, it's different from, uh, we, had a, we had a prophetic words about planting churches in many nations, and our picture was, we'll invite people to a stage, we'll pray, we'll cry, we'll give some flowers, and, and you know, gifts, took offering. But God sometimes making acceleration. So because our, our picture was too expensive, so sometimes extension happening quicker and cheaper. I'm joking now. It's quite painful, but so Stephen Stephen came to the uh, to Samaria. He f I don't think he he chose Samaria. No one Jewish would choose Samaria. It's different culture. It's it's um, it's like here in UK. Can you help me? And I'll check how tolerant you are. Um, so do you have any tensions here in UK, south and north? A little bit. Yeah, I'm one year later, I know, I can hear some jokes. So no one will, by, by his own choice to, be, to will replace himself to some locations. So Philip him, uh, uh, found himself in Samaria. And he started, you know, uh, uh, it just, it's important for me, it's not for you, it's for me. I just put in, because when I'm preaching in English, I'm just, I can't concentrate on timing, but it's okay. Uh, so just reminder, the finish is close. And I'm not sure was he married in that moment. Later on, we know that he had a four, four prof uh, uh, daughters prophesying, of course, wife. But he started to, uh, to look for a place where he'll stay, maybe for the job. And, and when he was talking to people, naturally, people asking questions. Oh, why are you here? It's strange for a Jewish person to be here. And he said, oh, yeah, uh, actually... We, we had to scatter from Jerusalem. Why? It's your own place. It's your own nation. Ah, because, because of Jesus we believe in. And it was a unique opportunity to share. It's happening right now. The same, the same way we are planting churches right now. People are looking for the, uh, for the, to, to rent flat or house. And people ask, oh, where are you from? Oh, Ukraine. Oh, Ukraine. And why you are here, what do you feel, how do you feel? And some people saying, oh, it's quite painful, but we believe that God is leading us to this nation to become blessing for this nation. We are praying for this nation. We are here to bless you. And it's beginning of, of, 
of conversation. And some people, I know, in Germany, we are planting new church, the local community, it's local village, they love our people because they came as a people who, brought, who, who bring in a blessing. And local people saying, please, Start a church here because we need to hear the word of God. We are forgetting. We, we, we left God. We need to come back. It's, it's, it's hope for young people. It's happening right now, like that moment and now. But, but to operate like this, we need special beliefs in our mind and heart. To trust God and to believe that everything is going on in our life and globally under his control. He not lost control. He is sitting on a throne. He rules. And he is full of love. And he are able to change every evil into good. But it's not easy. And not in the first moments. We need time to refresh our faith in him. To trust him again when something trouble are going on in our life. But it's important for, for then being able to operate such a weight like Philip. Second lesson, very simple, very, very shortly. Uh, he started, you can read from, from a screen, he started to preach a gospel, and God was doing a lot of miracles, healings, and demons left people. Such a big joy was in that place. And the church was planted, and people started to believe in Jesus. They became Jesus' disciples, being baptized in the water. And you can, you, you can imagine, it, it was breakthrough. Thousands of people experienced this new life in Christ. But one point was really disappointed to Philip. No one experienced and baptism in the Holy Spirit. And he tried to pray because uh, classically we know how it works. We are teaching, we are encouraging, worshiping Jesus, laying hands, or sometimes it's happening spontaneously, and people just experience, they, they feel with the Spirit. But Philip tried to do it, and he was personally, he was a man full of Spirit. He knows how it's important. He was led by Holy Spirit. He tried to pray and nothing happened. It was a moment of disappointment for him. And then apostles, Peter and John, came from Jerusalem to see what's going on there. And when they came, they asked questions. It was great testimonies with one set point. He said, I don't know why. I know that God has accepted these people because I see. I see the unique response but I can't see that these new believers fill with the Spirit. Can you help me, please? Can you, can you help us? Peter and John said, yes, of course, we can do it. They prayed for people, lay hand, and Holy Spirit came. And it's question for me, why? Why it's not happened with the Philip's prayer? And the lesson for me I'm learning from this story it's seen in a supernatural difficulty is a call to cooperation. No one knows everything. No one can do everything. No one has all gifts. It's just reality. We need to accept it. No one local church can do everything. We are very limited. For this reason, we are part of bigger body of Christ. We need each other. So Philip 
open the door of blessing for his local church because he has received John and Peter who serve with their gift, with their experience, with their faith to the local church. In a mission as well. I know you're partnering with Peter. I think it is, it's great, it's beautiful picture. You have sent someone you're supporting in Africa as well. It's be- in Kenya. It's beautiful. We need each other. Someone has opportunity, but no money. Another people or church has money, but no opportunity. Or another church has gifted people to release, but no opportunity, no money. And I think when we, are, when we see bigger picture and we are very committed to Jesus, we are learning how to partner. We can pray for decades for pioneers for our church and never get it. But it will be five pioneers in different places who are working already and they're crying out, please send us some help. Just encourage us, send uh, team for short-term, short-term missional trips. We need it. And we are starting, when we are starting to partner, suddenly we see the breakthrough. We see the growth. I think this is a lesson for us. Praise God, you have learned it for years now. You're doing it. But I'm learning now in Europe, not trying to plant every church by ourselves. We are looking for partners. We are, we are helping in some places, we are not planting, we said, we'll help you, we'll, we'll do the, our best to help you. In some places, we are we're asking, please help us. We feel God wants us to plant, and we would love to plant. In one place, we had 20 people, it's Portugal, Lisbon, and we, we've been thinking about planting church there. We spent, uh, we spent five days there with uh, my wife, with Natasha, and after five days, we felt God wants us to not plant church, but to help this group to become a part of the local church. Quite, you know, to come back after five days to the team to say, oh, we felt God is not leading us to plant a church, but he is leading us to help this group to become part of local church. But in the end, what we are going to do, we are going to, Two, actually, we've been praying this prayer, let your will be done. This is description of our effectiveness, obedience. Amen? We are the biggest joy for us to know God's will and to be obedient and to fulfill it. So in some places, people will help us to do what God wants us to do. In some places, we need to help. In some places, we will say, okay, we are just blessing those who are doing it. And we'll support it because in the, in the rest, it's all belong to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Third one, a bit more difficult. It's a bit more challenge lesson. It was nearly established ministry in Samaria. Philip was full of joy. The church is growing. People filled with the spirit. Everything is doing, uh, is great. But let's let's read it very shortly. I will. Very shortly. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasure of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. 
and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to the chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up uh, to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. So, when our life and ministry is established, it's hard to do something new. When everything is uncertain, we are not happy with the results, sometimes we are crying out for new opportunities. We need change. We need something to change in our life because we are not happy. But when we are happy, and Philip became happy, suddenly Holy Spirit, during the, his time with God, he was praying, he felt God is saying, leave everything here and go to the empty road. Sometimes God is asking us to do something without, without explaining a lot. This is hardest moment. When God is explaining everything, how it will start, how it will finish, we love well-planned life. Yes? But the way how God is leading us, sometimes God is making decisions just to ask us to do something without any explanation. For me, this is the most challenging moments. If we know this, uh, uh, the voice of God's Spirit and we are growing in trust, after years, when God is asking us to do something and it's happened, our faith is growing. We are becoming very skillful in hearing God's voice and we are becoming more mature. It means we can trust Him. And sometimes God is asking us to do something without explanation. And even little explanation, not helpful at all. Go to the empty road. Old one. Empty road. This is only description. Why? If it's empty, why I should go? Silence. Uh, before the war, I had a challenging situation. Been seeking God. Praying every morning, just spending one, two hours walking in a, in a forest just with one question, Lord, how, what? A lot of questions and, and silence. Coming back from the prayer with no answer. One day I was coming back home from prayer walk and I said, Lord, maybe I need to pray and fast for five days because I need the answer. I just felt God is saying you are hearing me not when you are very sensitive or, or praying and fasting. You can hear me only when I am speaking to you. If I am keeping silence, you can pray and fast whatever you want. But you can hear only when I am speaking to you. So I said what you need to know for now and it's it. You can pray and fast for 10 more days and nothing will happen. When time will come, I'll, I'll explain more. So Philip, by his experience, he said, okay, I'm leaving this ministry and I'm going to the empty road. If you read this whole story till the end, it was the worst transition I think ever happened. Philip left Samaria thinking that he is going to meet someone or do something but when we are reading carefully, he will never come back to Samaria. Never. 
because when he met one man, eunuch, this is unique story. It's only God can make such a scenario. And in Isaiah 58, it says, my thoughts are not, I, are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. As a heaven higher than earth, my thoughts and my ways are higher. We need to trust him. And Christianity is not boring. If we're really following God, actually, I don't need any extra adrenaline in my blood. I'm living all the time with the challenges. We started a mission planting churches in India with, with no Hindi. It's a lot of adrenaline. You're preaching and someone translating, and you're not sure what he's saying. <laughs> and you're not sure now and the next month and the next year, because I'm still Jaimasiki, it's all I know. It's, it's all I have learned. Finances. When we started to plant churches in India, when we made decision, we had budget of $150 for whole mission. Because it's war. We just established a refugee camp and all our resources went to an economy just in collapse, so 150, and we needed four and a half thousand just for tickets. It's adrenaline. You're sitting and thinking, are we crazy? Yes, we are, but it's okay. If God is leading us, it's okay. And actually, we're not here to impress anyone. If God is leading, it will happen, because he has all resources. If it's not happened, and we made a mistake. It's okay. We'll survive. We'll try something else. And we'll learn how to hear more properly. A lot of adrenaline. So Philip left Samaria. He met Eunuch. Eunuch is unique. He went to worship God, living God, by knowing he, as a eunuch he'll never join people for people of Israel. By the Moses law, no eunuch can join people of Israel. But he was reading Isaiah. Isaiah has a specific promise. In chapter 56, it is written, God is saying, the time will come when I will accept eunuchs who loves me, who is walking before me, and I will call them my sons. And he was reading this passage, going from Jerusalem, dreaming about the moment when he as a eunuch can be accepted. And suddenly Philip came and he said, oh, what are you reading? Isaiah, mm, nice. Let's talk. Let's talk. And he, he started to explain God's big plan to, uh, for salvation for whole people. And he explained that through Christ, all promises has been fulfilled. And eunuch asked, what about Isaiah 56? He said, yeah, it's included. But it means I can, I can become part of God's family. Yes, you know, this, the, the, I was reading this morning, again, this chapter, and eunuch asked, this, what, this is the water. 
what can stand between us? Because for all his life, something was standing between him and God. It was a law. And now, through Christ, all walls have been broken, and now he can be accepted. And he said, so I can be baptized? Yes, you can, if you, if you believe. He said, I believe. Stop, they found little water. If you really want to be baptized, it doesn't matter. Is it pool or just dirty water? In a prison, no pools. No, not in the UK, okay? My father told me that story. No pools, but after rain, group of people who've been ready to be baptized just jump into dirty water in the name of Jesus and being baptized. <laughs> Life is easy. It's... So he was baptized. Angel of God took Philip, put into another place, Azot, not to Samaria. To Azot, is, it's on a Mediterranean uh, sea beach. He went up preaching gospel in different places, reached Caesarea, stayed there, became bishop of Caesarea for, he, for the end of his life, and never come back to Samaria. Transition, new ministry, new place to live. Lessons. When we hear in God, is asking us to do something new. Let's trust Him. During the worship, I really felt that here, God has opened the door for you to ministry a nation. I don't know what the nation, but it will be move of God in the midst of that nation. People will be extremely open for receiving the gospel and Jesus. Just pay attention. Maybe just one person will come and invite, can you come and, and see my friends? Sometimes God is asking us to do something, to invest into something which doesn't look very like empty road. Little start with not big expectations. But if we are faithful, we'll see glory of God. I'd love to finish by praying. I know there are much more and you love scripture, you read, you learn 10 more lessons from this story. But let's pray about seeing challenge as opportunity. Let's pray about learning how to respect and partner with each other for God's glory. And let's pray about being able to take a risk. To start to do something with not a lot of expect, uh, no explanations from God just by hearing what God is asking us to do. Let's stand, please, and let's pray. I'm so thankful, Jesus, for this privilege to be here with the Hope Church in Seven, in Seven Oak, in this wonderful place. I'm so thankful for how you been leading this church to this moment for so many nations worshiping you together. Such a prophetic picture of our future we are dreaming about. Such a motivating moment. We would love from every nation, from every tongue, from every tribe and family, people worshiping you, coming together as one family. And I'm asking for us we are all facing challenges. 
quite often the doors are closing for us. We are losing jobs. We need to move to another place or change, change a profession. And such challenges quite often just bring pressure to us. And I'm asking about ability and faith, faith to see in a challenge, a challenge as opportunity to meet new people, to meet new neighbors, to make new friends, and to have a chance to share about your love, about your real, that you are real, uh, to share your gospel. I'm just asking, increase faith in us. Also, I'm praying about wisdom, wisdom for cooperation in a local church, in a town, and glo in a global work as well. To recognize, to see people with different gifts, people with the opportunities to partner, to partner with, to support, and also to invite people who can help us to do better God's work here. I'm just praying for this ability, for these skills, and for this wisdom. And I'm also asking, help us, Lord, to be open for the taking risky steps in our established life. When we have ministry, when we have family life plans for years ahead. And sometimes when you are asking us to do something which is out of our plans. I'm praying for us to be sensitive and being able to hear your voice. Especially such a strange things when you're asking us. I'm just asking, do not ignore Make us, Holy Spirit, very sensitive to your voice. I'm asking, make us thinking this way. Looking for opportunities from you. Be concentrated. I'm asking, help us to develop our prayer life from telling you what we need to spending time in listening to you. Just spending hours in listening to you, getting what you have in your heart. I really believe you are going to share your heart with us because you love us and you would love to involve us into your big plan. I'm just asking, help us to develop such a prayer life, personal, in our groups, in the church, that you, we are making space, creating a space and opportunity to, to, for you to speak to us. Speak to us, to share your heart, especially when we are praying corporately, not just cover the praying list, but also create a space and time for you to speak to us, to share your heart. Sometimes beyond sphere of our interest, but something which is important for you, something what you are going to do, what you are initiating right now. I really believe there are some dangerous prayers, and probably this is one of such. If you ask, Lord, please share your heart with me, he, he will do. If you ask, He will do. Share more, you'll get more. So many mature people. I really feel this is little challenge or big challenge. Ask God to share his heart with you and he will do it. 
and you'll start to hear about the, this place, about the UK, about different personalities, and globally. You'll hear what God has in his heart. Amen.